You are now listening to Well, Well, well Phila Now. Like, oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his perfumist. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Oh, we're transitioning to the, the underground. That is not to the real underground. And I know we saw photos that said they were shooting a lot of that on a green screen, which makes sense because subways can be really crowded. And certainly New York City, if you're going to try to shoot on a subway, you shoot on a fake subway train or you get a permit. And right. so I'm sure it was easier to just shoot it in a fake way. But I'm like, how come you guys didn't get any extras? Because I'm just trying to figure out how any train situation is that deserted ever. I mean, maybe it was a time of day issue because we, I mean, it should have been early evening, early afternoon. I mean, a lot of the couples in the dance were older, but we're just assuming, well, they're wearing the same thing. So it's the same commute. London doesn't stop moving at 10 or 11. So I'm saying realistically on a public transportation thing, it should never be. I'm on this platform and all you can see is me and my friend. There's not even a random person standing next to me because I kind of would have enjoyed the shock and horror of the random people who are like, yo, what oh, the fuck is happening? Right. Kind of like the girls in the bathroom who are like, um, not my business. Just stay away. Not right. my business. But oh, my God. So we're there and Rianne has told her that Helen wants to see her and Villanelle basically twirled like Sailor Moon from Oksana back into Villanelle. And they're at this fucking station and Villanelle is starting her pestering, her bullshit. Right. She's pacing up and down on the backs of her heels. And she says, so um, walk, walk me, me through, through outfit. this outfit, girl, because it is hideous. <laughs> She's like, God. How'd you like, step outside looking like this, Ren? I like to be comfortable. And she's I, like, but why, girl? Like, why? What I, is that? What does I, that mean? I feel like she compared being comfortable to someone who's like on like some end stage care. Well, she um, did because Villanelle's <laughs> like, why? And Rihanna's like, what do you mean why? And she's like, um, comfortable is what you do for people with a terminal illness. You right. make them comfortable. Right. It's not something you aspire to look like when you have life left to live. I guess she was saying, I, I guess she was saying, Rianne, these clothes are only fit for your death. And even then, not so much, but I will oblige. I will oblige. And that she fucking did. But at the time, Rianne responds with that she was trained to wear clothes that provide a full range of movement. And Villanelle was just like, that is so weird. It's like, just, my trainer was way different with what right. she taught. I was uh, trained to, would she say, look devastating? Obviously. <laughs> yes. And I think I said a snack or something that I didn't think it hit as hard as it could have. And that's simply because I don't know that I would call that particular suit devastating, but that's probably more to do with my own personal taste, I suppose, than what the suit was. Although I feel like the whole fandom was in agreement about the suit she wore to kill Bill which is still the best kill in the entire series. So I don't know, but I like the sentiment. Oh, right, right. Although I would also say, Villanelle, would you say that you looked devastating when you first saw the lady in red? Because I, I just don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like she wasn't on her Molly Goddard game when she saw the lady in red. She was looking, I mean, she was probably wearing couture, but it wasn't like extravagant. It wasn't, dare I say, devastating. And so I'm just wondering, how does she keep this going with Rianne, who saw her on her tears? With the lady in red just a few days ago. And there they are just on this platform with no uh, witnesses, <laughs> with none whatsoever. And um, Villanelle, she poses. She says, well, look at us. Um, despite being, you know, killers, you know, we just hop 
along whenever we're we're called. Well, she's like, when somebody says jump, <laughs> we just jump. And then she actually starts jumping around like a little a pest, a tantrum-having child, which yeah. is so key villanelle, acting like an overactive child who just had a sugar rush and way too many lollipops, and they cannot be calmed. She's on the back of her heels. She's like, jump, 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 jump. And poor Rianne is like, you know what? If the lady in red respected me, she wouldn't have sent me on this job. She wouldn't have, <laughs> she wouldn't have sent me to come get your ass because this is some bullshit. She said autonomy is overrated. Right, and that sheep are happier than wolves. And I'm like, girl, I don't know about all that, but I feel like I was born into the anarchy, so perhaps that's just me and my personal issues. And then I was like, oh, so you spend your time off surveying sheep? Is that how you know what sheep prefer to do over wolves? Like, what do you, how do you have this information? Oh, it's just an expression. And Villanelle's like, okay, girl, well, guess who doesn't have a sense of humor? You. You don't have a sense of humor. And Rihanna's like, well, that's because I take my job seriously. And I would say, excuse me, Rihanna, so does Villanelle. She just also <laughs> likes to have fun. Right. Because, I mean, she said at the end of series one, where she's like, I just want to be able to do my job. I go home. I want to do my job well and go home. That's what I want to do. So Villanelle understands doing your job well. It's just, you know, she's in another place. And then perhaps Rianne makes the last fatal decision that she ever will make. And this comes after Villanelle's like, so like, if I tickled you, would you laugh though? Like, if I tickled you, would you laugh? I think she either asked her or told her. She either said, please don't. Or she no, Rianne said, was like, no, she was like, don't, 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 don't you dare <laughs> tickle me. Here's Villanelle like, well, here's me. Here's a poke. Here's a poke. And the train is arriving. It is arriving. The doors are opening. We think they're going to go inside. But I actually didn't think they were ever going to make it inside because of my previous theory about Villanelle testing Rianne. And I don't know how many pokes she does before Rianne is like, okay, enough. But it gets there. And then Rianne hems her up against the wall. Bad decision making, Rianne. I mean, yeah. She's like, um, she doesn't care if she's like, uh, cracked or whatever if anything it's better for her she uh, has to blame herself though because I feel like when you tell Villanelle no about especially by the tickling it's like a, a triple dog dare Villanelle's like can I do this thing and a person's like no and she's like oh so you just dared me to do it okay so I'm definitely gonna do it so that's why Rianne did not read the file I guess just the lady in red read the Villanelle file but not Rianne because she was not prepared for Villanelle's shit and I just feel like if she'd have read a piece of the file she would have known the kind of games this bitch gets on at least had a switchblade or something I can't believe she didn't even have a switchblade in her pocket and that's not to say that I want Villanelle to get stabbed I'm just trying to understand how a killer for hire an assassin walks around without a weapon they can get to easily what I mean it's it's curious I mean at this point I had to wonder I wonder what kind of weapon was used on Mo. How did he die? Oh, Where's the autopsy report? God. Julia Gulia, if you could be so kind. Uh, Julia, don't spend no time a... on Mo. Don't spend no time on Mo. We don't need to know. If you could, I'm with Carolyn. We done. So we done with this side nicely. of the story. Just let me know how he died. That's all I want to know. He died Julia. from fear. <laughs> well, she tried she, to... Uh, she scared him and Hi. his heart gave out like Constantin, except he had a condition <laughs> and no one was there to give him chest compressions. And then she laid him in the water to be at peace because Rianne does have a peace of <laughs> That's the most ridiculous fan fiction I've ever written. Um, so yes, Rianne has this bitch hemmed up. She calls her a sheep. I was well, like, she. I <laughs> actually have the exact sentence or series of sentences that she said because it was fucked up. She says, "I don't care. You checked out. In fact, it's better for me. The bigger your crisis, the quicker I can take your place. So keep having your wobble. Keep hoping that the universe has got something else lined up for you. But do me one thing, okay? Come quietly, little sheep. And when she said that, I was like, Oh my god, 
Rian, don't you dare. Like, that was a hotline that you said because you are really fucking with Villanelle, but also you're definitely going to die because that was, you went too far. And she's like, come quietly, little sheep. I promise you'll be happier that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Villanelle looks like, wow, that was what you just said was rude. And I'm sorry now that I have to kill you, which is very much Eve Palastri. I have to go back to them sharing the oscillating brain cell because Eve is out here crushing chest without a single apology. Uh-huh. And here's Villanelle like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like how Eve was with Raymond. So it is very interesting what's happening with these ladies. And quite frankly, she does beat a bitch ass. Right. Like she does that. They, they mix it up and... um. Rian just wasn't ready. And all of a sudden, Rian finds herself elevated off of the ground. <laughs> off of the ground, dangling her 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 toesies. Much like that girl in Amsterdam in the bathroom who flipped on Villanelle when she uh, passed her. And um, there's no Costantina save uh, Rian. Rian is just at the mercy of Villanelle who's like... I feel like she does this moment where she flips and stops. Yeah, she does. I screamed during the watch saying that I don't think Villanelle can kill with her bare hands at this time. And I've seen a few things from what I've seen online about people saying, oh, this means that Villanelle can kill. And I'm like, I would never say that she couldn't. It's just a matter of like her her efficiency. Right. How good is she at executing? How fast can she execute it? What are the remnants after that kill, if any? And is she as good as she used to be? And so to me, this fight says... Yes, she will kill with an impetus to kill. In this situation, I think it was protecting Eve. So, of course, she was going to get it done. She did not want to do it. And even though she was choking that bitch out like Amsterdam and raised her off the ground, the way that Jody plays it, if you compare that choke out scene to the Amsterdam scene, there are two different expressions happening on her face. Oh, yeah. And to me, it looks like a struggle to choke a bitch out. Like she's doing it. She's trying to channel that feral version of herself that comes out in jail and came out with Julian, but it doesn't fully escape, which is why I think she lets her go. And then she has to sort of do the indirect kill thing, which is the, this is Sparta kick right. that she gives her into the train track so that the train can finish her off. But I don't know that that was, well, it, it was a fun kill for me because it involved her fighting. And I was like, okay, I did ask you to show and not tell. And you guys did. You did show and not tell with her kicking Rianne's ass. And okay, Villanelle the fighter. But uh, I do not feel like this is a return necessarily to the Villanelle series one. I just think that it proves that she can finish a kill if she right. really wants to. But in this case, it was the driving force of Eve and escape and safety that was doing it. And at least from what we could tell, she didn't want to do it. She was like, well, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this because I care more about this other person and what I'm trying to do there than you. So, Oof. well, I mean, you already said the spark kick happens because she's over here like, please don't wobbling. Oh edge. my God, Rianne, you're such a disappointment because she begged at the end. I'm like, girl, what kind of killer? Right. Ugh. Like everything. And maybe about you weren't in the Lady in Red's boudoir. Maybe you were just hoping to get there. Maybe some other jaunty bitch is sleeping with the Lady in Red and you are in, well, you were in line. And now you're right. out of line. You're out of line. <laughs> were you the camera girl? Like, I just, I just was curious. See, like, I don't even know if you let a bitch like her in a broom. Because it's, with the way she carried <laughs> on, the way that she carried on, the skills that she revealed she did not have. I just, I have to, I have to downgrade her all the way because she didn't even really get a hit in to Villanelle. Villanelle was not bleeding even a little bit after that fight. So how the fuck are two assassins fighting and only one is bleeding? I, so Rianne is a whole ass disappointment and maybe that is what the writers intended to say that no one compares to Villanelle. I'm a little annoyed because I just felt like there was something cooler they could have done with Rianne. Or, oh, and, if, right. and if this was going to be the, the road that they could have showed Mo's death. 
like we could have used an extra 10 seconds to show a throat slit or a stab or a gunshot or whatever, just so that Rianne got her body before her own body was, <laughs> was crushed on the train tracks forever. And I know Lady in Red got the CCTV like, bitch, I swear <laughs> to God. Right. These messy gays are so fucking <laughs> stressful. I mean, but that did look good. I mean, it looks bad, but it looked good. When she said, I heard you're not doing that these days. So I was like, ooh, oh, well, um, <laughs> well, well. Lady in Red has all the information, which is why I know she has a CCTV already. Like when Rianne was five minutes late, she was like, my bitch never late. Let me check. Um, Can you pull up the satellite with the CCTV? Okay, great. Oh, my God. Oh, well, what, oh, wow. Wow. Well, I told, well, some... told Rianne that she got to keep her left up. Fight. She did not listen. Well, there goes another one. Bites the dust. I mean, I gave her a script. I had to come quietly, little sheep. It should have worked. Actually, she probably gave her a different script, and Rianne went off. She went I off. Book. I know. She said her own lines, and now she's dead. So, Lady Red gets the audio, and she's like, I told her to compliment that bitch's hair. I told her that if she wants to dance, dance with her. Dance with a bitch. If she wants to tickle you, let her tickle you. God, Rianne, this is why you're dead. Ugh. So, and where was the fuzz? Where was the fuzz? There was no people in the station. Uh-uh. There was no law enforcement. There was no station manager. There wasn't a janitor just to look off and be like, holy shit. Someone got kicked into the tracks. There was no scream off camera of someone seeing someone get kicked into the tracks. Oh, right. It was just empty. So, okay. Um, that I will chalk up to killing you signs for sure. And then here's well now like, oh, I'm just gonna, I don't know. Either act like I'm getting off of my train because the train is here, but she leaves the station. But she just left like nobody right. saw anything. No one cared about right. anything. She had no worries. But I did enjoy that big dick energy walk of, well, Rianne, you out the pain, bitch. You go. I was like, that must be her version of her two weeks notice. I was like, okay, girl, I see. Or maybe less than two weeks. Who knows? You're done with the 12. I get it. That That's how you send a message, I guess. It was her freedom walk. Freedom to right. the O's walk. Oof. And then we get a commercial break and we come back and it is Geraldine reading off a laundry list of, uh, I don't know what to call these transgressions against her mother. And she's, you know, talking about the fact that she slept with the man that her mother used to sleep with, which is already its own, like, multi-leveled gross gauchery on its own. And uh, if I've offended you for not trusting in you or believing in you, like how, how you living in my house and you not trusting me or believing me or listening to, well, to words that I'm saying. When she admits her own active faults, I believe the word she says, she talks about judging you, lying to you, thinking the worst of you. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> it was peak Geraldine. She says something like for holding you up to the model of motherhood dictated by society. <laughs> That is something I heard, It's yes. so Geraldine. And when she added that part about pursuing a relationship with your former lover, even if I didn't know I was being coerced by him. Girl, we don't need that asterisk. That's, you didn't need to know that you were being coerced. Right. You just needed to know that you don't need to fuck your mama's former lovers. That's just something that should be, like, unspoken between y'all, but evidently not. Evidently not. She's like, I bring this acknowledgement to you and ask for your forgiveness and acceptance. Your loving daughter, Geraldine. Karen was looking at her like, so, so am I supposed to applaud Bitch, now? what the fuck or- am I supposed to do with this? Like, you want some claps? Do you want claps? <laughs> She's like, um, now you. And I was like, oh, was this an interactive homework assignment? Like, did I miss? This all happened off screen. So, I mean, what? I'm glad it happened off screen. I don't need to see her and Geraldine talking this or pre the pre-talk to this on screen. The gift of seeing Carolyn open up her 
journal, her ledger, her diary, if that's what it was supposed to serve. And it was to a blank page. And she goes, Dear Geraldine, I think it's time you left. And she closes the book. Yeah, she's like, end telegram, send. <laughs> Full stop. We're done. I was it's done. over. <laughs> Geraldine is just like, really? She's, really? She's raging. That's all, <laughs> that's all you've been wishing and hoping to say to me, mother. All you have been wishing and hoping to say that you've been holding back. All and Carolyn's like, say. girl, that's all I want to say. I don't know about everything else, but this is all I want and intend to say. So, yes. And Geraldine's like, okay, so does that mean you're throwing me out? Like, mom, are you kicking me out? I mean, I'm not kicking you out. Just uh, forcefully. Firmly suggesting firmly that you get the fuck out. <laughs> firmly suggesting yeah. that you vacate the premises immediately. And she continues on some bullshit. Like, listen, living with your mother is no kind of life for you. When I was your age, I was an integral part of a kibbutz. <laughs> And Tel Aviv and Geraldine is like, literally, I've heard this story dozens of times. <laughs> dozens of times. You said it when I was in elementary school. You said it when I was in high school. You said it at my college graduation. You said it just last week. Just last week, mother, you said it to me. I feel like Geraldine is like, look, I don't want to hear your little anecdotes about your kibbutz that you were involved in. What is this really about? Tell me what the real deal is, mom. Tell me that. And here's where Carolyn has the worst line. That she says to Geraldine, all serious. And she's like, it's about you wasting your time on earth and navel gazing and researching natural deodorants. <laughs> and I was just like, yo! I don't know what I would do if my mom ever says some rude shit to me like that. I hate everything about you. Why do I live with you? I was going to say love. Live with you. Which is why she had to leave. She got to move. She got to get out. And like you said, return to the plant she cares for. Or right. her kitty. Right. In whatever that, city. That she overtime resides. you pay that uh cat baby that cat sitter. Right. What exactly. are your own plants? And uh so she's like, So are you sure this is not about you not being able to solve Kenny's murder? Are you feeling or guilty the, about or, your ex <laughs> the ex that you used to shag bugging us? Or that your assistant was fucking murdered right. after carrying out your orders, or or that you haven't found out who killed Kenny yet. Because the likelihood is that he just killed himself because he was so deeply bloody unhappy. And I was like, ouch, ouchie, ouch. He was with dread. Didn't you meet Audrey at the funeral? The writers are trying to tell us he was I happy. Mean, she was emotionally loud in the bathroom. How'd you miss her? It's the only type of development they gave to Audrey. I'm, I'm holding that. I actually have some words of rancor for Audrey in terms of like her character, what she is now that the series is done and some issues with why they decided to put her with Kenny or at least what it what appears to be the reason why they put her with Kenny. But I will I will save that. I will save that for the muses. So uh, Carolyn's like, no, it's not any of those things. It's just the things are coming to a head. And she tells her, you've got until the end of the day. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. It was almost like she was saying, I'm going to go for a walk. But when I get back, you and your drama, you and your wonky carrots better not be in my kitchen. <laughs> and in mine, I'm, I'm like wondering if she was doing that for Geraldine's safety, given what she was about to embark upon doing with Paul and Constantine and the rest. But who knows? She could also, it could be both. She could be like, go be safe and also get the fuck out of my face. Because I can't deal with you provoking emotions anymore. Oof. Um. Oh, so after we get that uh fantastic dismissal from uh Carolyn, yes, you're no longer welcome here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rude. We get a cut to uh Croydon, South London, 
at Bridgeway Bets. Yes, we are at Bridgeway Bets, and Eve has got this uh, document with some numbers on it. She's 38 of 50 X2. She has known it. That means by. Oh, my. X and then the number two. No, I know, but it's by. I think it was by because of how she says it. Like uh, D33, okay. because it's a member, it's like a code. Right. So it's probably like 38, then 50, and then 50 again. Right. So, D38, and then 50. Right. Exactly. I think that's what it was. But yes, she has that paper. And it also says Bruce on it. So um, she uh, makes her way up to the teller. And she's like, uh, 100 on, on Bruce? And I'm like, where'd you get 100 from, Eve? Oh, 50 by 2. 50 twice. On the paper, it says Bruce, 100. But there's a sign for the pound. And then there's D38 by 50 by 20. I believe Eve actually says it all aloud, too. But 100, 100 pounds is on that paper. That's where she gets 100 from. Ah. Well, then I must have missed that. And then the woman behind the counter is like, what? <laughs> and then she's like uh, 38 38 on, on Bruce She's like are you taking the piss She's worse because she's like 38 by 50 on Bruce It doesn't make sense <laughs> She's repeating what's on the paper And right. the lady's like girl um, what's up with you You obviously are taking the piss And she's like um, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Am, Am I? I? Am I? <laughs> and then she's like oh, a comedian ah, yeah. She flips aside the clothes Bye. We're closed I don't have time for this nonsense And then oh she does the uh, I'm, I'm, I'm it's like Sharon, 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 <laughs> sweetie. I think we got off on the wrong foot. Oh, wait, what's this that I found on the floor? <laughs> it's a 50 note. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Eve. do you see this woman trying to bribe me? Oh my God. Do you know what this is like? Try the bread. <laughs> no one is a better spy than Eve. Matter of fact, I think her and Villanelle are equally matched on the spy ship because they uh-huh. excel. Well, Villanelle more so than Eve at this time. Well, actually, no, Eve more so than Villanelle with the killing. But on the spy thing, they are on the same page. And I think watching these two hoes trying to spy without killing, but accidentally ending up killing people for Carolyn or MI6 would be a show that I would watch. Yes. Just, I'm just going to say hilarious. that. I'm just going to say that it would be hilarious. And of course, there are a couple in this show. But yes. And then the, the teller's like, well, who's this Bruce? Is it is it a horse? Is it a... Is it a dog? Or is it a dog? And uh, Eve's eyes are scaling everything. And she sees uh, behind the counter, who's um, who's that man? Right. Uh, the name is... Bruce Fletcher. Who's Bruce She's Fletcher? Like, who is Bruce Fletcher? Um, he's the owner. He's upstairs. And uh, Eve's like, well, I'd like to speak with him. And so she gives him a ring. And... She says, yeah, there's a woman here to see you, a woman named. Here's oh, this Eve. is the best part. He's like, She's looking um, on the board. She's like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Here are the people <laughs> and the horse is being bet on. Okay, I see Tallulah and I see Shark. Tallulah Shark! That's me. Tallulah Shark. And immediately I was like, wow, that is the perfect stripper name. And so I was so tickled that after she says she's there to make a collection and we cut to Bruce's office and he sees her and he's like, oh shit, I was expecting someone who looked more like a, a stripper. <laughs> Of course, Tallulah Shark. That is totally a stripper name. And please, someone out there, someone out there doing the good work of uh, stripping as a job, dancing, showgirling, if you will, can you please, for one night, present yourself as Tallulah Shark? And if someone who has a job like that is listening, can you just let us know the night that you do that? And if you do it and we are in proximity to this club, we will come and support you, Tallulah. Oh, yeah. We will. We will throw 
money at you. Just want to put that out there for anyone with that profession. Okay. You know, you got to wrap your spruces in the winter. I was like, is he watching a nature channel? I mean, you know what? He was. While he was soaking he his HGTV feet. or something. Right. He, he, was, he was living his good for him. good life. No, yeah. You know, he dealing with a bunch of Constantins. I know he's stressed. I know his blood pressure's high. So the way that he keeps good is that he soaks his feet and he doesn't care much, which is probably why he didn't argue that hard with Eve. He was like, okay, but you got the numbers. Like, whatever. Right. He was like, well, yeah, for a collection, yeah. Um, what what uh, what box? She hands over the document. He looks over. He goes, but this is the Russian's box. And she says, yes. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're not with the Russian. She, well, because she says he sent me. And immediately the guy's like, no, no he didn't. Yes. And he's like, look, yes, they, did. they did. And he's like, no, no, I don't think that. You don't look like the kind of bitch that will fuck with the Russian. And I love how Eve eventually leans in and she's like, I am not a very nice lady. Okay, don't, don't get it twisted. Right, I'm over here like, I see darkness. I said, girl, let the hair down. When you let the hair down, the darkness flies. Right. It's like a motherfucking Super Saiyan flame. Just let the hair down and everyone will see the darkness. And, and so well, this guy was like, well... I mean, I guess it's like I'm, I see it anyway. Right. I see the glimmer. I see it. <laughs> like a part of me feels like I your am in danger. So yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. You're uh, yeah. He's you're like, right. bitch, you got the number. Do you? Right. Ultimately, <laughs> do you? And she does. She opens the safe, takes a little bag inside, and she pieces the fuck out. Oh, and then after uh, she uh, completes her transaction, we see uh, a transaction. I mean, she, well, took, a she thing. took a thing. I don't know that they transacted. Like, don't you have to give something to transact? Well, I mean, she, she took re- something. She redeemed a thing. Right, right. Okay. She redeemed the thing and then she was about her business. Uh, Barely, because that's what she, she gets outside and, and uh, Constantine is there. Right. But before we get to see any of that going on, we see Carolyn entering after exiting the elevator. She's entering the bit of pill. All right. She, she, and, uh, <laughs> she's like, well, I don't like meetings where I don't know who I'm meeting. Well, she's like, I don't like meetings where I don't know what the meeting's about. Oh, that too. Because she knew she was meeting those uh, Audrey, Jamie, and Bear. And she was very annoyed that she was there. And I think she makes a remark about how the bitter pills looking. And I guess they really didn't fix themselves after the raid. Not that it would matter. And she's like, oh, my God, this is worse than uh, what MI6 be doing. <laughs> I enjoyed the fact that the only reason why she even entertained this meeting, after dealing with Villanelle at the, at the let's say, orchestra or symphony, uh... That um, she's like, well, why are we even having this conversation? You have nothing to offer me. That the only reason why she took this meeting from these people who are not on her level was it was a way to just leave the house, leave Geraldine on red, and to be like, you got till the end of the day. So I'm going to do the things that I do with my day. So it was extra motivation for her to leave, to have uh, Geraldine just get the hint that, you know what, this is over. Like, I mean, since it would have been no way for her to, like, turn on her frog sounds and deal with uh, Geraldine complaining about you're just going to sit there and listen to them croak instead of talking to me. She has whole doors so so she can close (laughs) the whole door and not hear Geraldine. I do believe Carolyn has noise canceling headphones. Exactly for situations like that and if she didn't have them before (laughs) Geraldine was there she got them during the stay so I think Carolyn's good at home. I think they were cryptic at the bitter pill. Carolyn we have something you need to see right away because she says she doesn't know what it's about so they probably were like let's not tell her over the phone it's about Kenny let's just say we had a major break the information can you come over here please and she makes it there she does look around and she's like yeah this is shoddier than uh 
<laughs> it's probably worse than where they were in season one where she oh, saw right. a rat drink out of a coke can right. she's like this is this is wow and, then, and eve was sleeping on that couch i just want to remind you guys how low <laughs> she went because the way carolyn was looking at the bitter pill i'm afraid about what stains from bear were on the couch but let us move on so this is where the uh deleted moment would fit in where it is carolyn was there more than one deleted moment? darts uh that i can think of right now i don't know but as we cover if it flashes and comes up to me then i'll mention it but uh she does a a sharp look to her side and notices a task board with um it looks like they were ranking uh notable i guess employee deeds at first i thought it was a chore wheel it wasn't uh and she notices that kenny's name is up on the board as a sec from the top and that's when uh you know dread asks carolyn if uh she wants tea or, or anything. If you can make her like, a cup of tea. Well, well, why would you ask me? You ask me like, wait, why would you ask me like well, that? She's like, why? I, like, she's like, why the <laughs> fuck did you ask me like that? Because right. it sounds like, right. it sounds like there's some pity coming out of your, your voice. And I don't, right. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like what's right. happening here. I don't like what's going on. I'm real suspicious of how you're talking to me right now. And I feel like Audrey's like, mm, mm. <laughs> it is hard because he, no he one... said you were really intimidating and you really, really are. And then he, Jamie comes to, you know, shake it. Oh, not you. I was like, oh, well, I mean. She's like, not you too, bitch. Not you too, bitch. Why are you here? I knew you'd be here, but also, why are you speaking? Because I feel like Jamie said one word and she was like, okay, you have that tone. You have the same tone as Dread, and I don't like it. What's going on here? And so they just gesture for her to like go and, and sit. And of course, Bear with his roundabout explanations. So do you know what a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what fantastics are? Fantastics, fantastics. Do you know what fantastics are? And she's like a organization. Uh, like she's she's like it says alone. I think wolf. she says um she's like extremist organization, uh, hacktivist group, or lone wolf. Right. And I'm like, are those your three main things you investigate? Good to know because I mean, right. we've never heard uh, anything like that before. But fantastic. And then he's uh, like, it's a sweet. Well, it's, uh, it's like it's bear. candy. It's, it's, it's candy. A, it's, it's sweet, but it's. it's you don't eat candy, Carolyn? A, a sour. I mean, well. I mean, it's. <laughs> you eat it. You chew it. Sometimes it makes you happy. Well, if you're me, bear, it makes you happy. Well, um, I've, you know, been running low of my sweets some days. So I chose to, like, surveil my sweets to see if I could figure out who's been lifting them. And so. I've uh, he set up a camera to catch the thief, right? And then uh, we just roll back to. This well, this thing. is what he, he says too, because to me, this is something the writers have to invent to explain suddenly solving Kenny's murder, but not actually solving it at the last episode in which none of their other machinations have worked. Because he's basically like, "Oh yeah, I set up a camera for the thief that was stealing candy, but then you know, the thievery stopped." And I, at the time, did not correlate the thievery stopping with Kenny's life force stopping. But I decided just today to check that fucking footage. And oh, lo and behold, I found who was stealing the damn candy. That pilfering bastard was your son. Was your, was your mean, only son. That, re- re- that revelation, <laughs> I feel like, would have made more sense had oh it happened. Um, I don't know. So rude. So maybe the, the timeline of belief is that um, after the raid, they were given all their data back. But no, I don't think. No, that I, it's like they're implying that he just didn't think of it, given what he is allowed to say in the lines, that he just did not think of it or remember until this moment. And I'm just like, what a cheap cop out. And I, I mean, we'll get there from when Constantine says what he says about Kenny. But I just have to tell you guys, I am so unresolved, unfinished and displeased. Remember at the beginning of the season, where I was like, yeah, we're probably going to get an answer on who killed Kenny by episode six. <laughs> Yeah, right. 
We have no answers. We literally left the right. season without, without answers. answers. Because what Constantine said is not an answer. <sighs> Sorry, I just I, I just got my voice back from the yelling and I feel like it's going to go again after and this recording. So we see a footage of it, of Kenny and he's eating the Tang Classics and it's cute. And then uh, Bear says, oh, well, this is going to be footage from the day he died. And then we see Kenny and then we see him head towards near the elevated region and who is there having a conversation with Kenny <sighs> but Constantine and I was over it. I was all the way over. I was like, oh, now you have to die. That okay, was guys. My- <laughs> y'all remember beginning of the year muses. What had I said when we were saying back in January that Kenny was fucking dead? I was like, it's Constantine. And I thought that they were faking me out. And I guess they were just trying to gaslight me through the TV about who was doing the kill because that was always my initial thought. It was my best option in terms of what it would do for the story which is probably why I'm also still pissed that Constantine is still alive they better do something with that motherfucker that is violent and awful in series four but yes yes I was screaming oh my god the muse is back the muse is back it was Constantine the whole time which just makes him wow like he is Constantine's fucked up Catherine was like he's real fucked up I see and I was like he's gone because her face was like wow I was I think I was screaming that in the live I was like he's dead Constance's dead it's over get him Carolyn burn it all down this was like when Carolyn found out oh we sent the phone records to the Russian desk last week but she's like oh but you asked for it again so I right she's like oh well you know what I I'll be right back and then it was her making her beeline to Oh, and then she was like, well, was your son still working with you? Because this is Russian number that keeps popping up on the phone records. She was like, oh, so I got to knock two different sets of heads off? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And then that was her finding. her. She found her office just to confront Paul. And then, of course, the constant, um, can I go for a drive? Meaning, don't don't wonder if you should get in this car. We need to talk. Right. And so I was like, serious business. Right. So Carolyn's on serious business mode from this point onward. And so this is me like, well, someone's going to die. Yeah. She just goes, I see. And I'm like, she is plotting murders (laughs) upon murders upon murders in this moment. And I think after that, we cut to Eve exiting Bridgeway Betts. And then she runs into Constantine. And she's just like, yo, what the fuck you doing here, Big Daddy K? Shouldn't you be in the hospital, bitch? I, I left you dying <laughs> right, on the tracks. For, right, thanks for leaving me to die, ho. <laughs> I, you know, he doesn't say that, and I think he knows better. Because he knows Eve doesn't give a solitary fucking shit about anybody. Least of all him, not really. And he's like, look, I needed to get my package. Matter of fact, is that, is that package in your hand right now? Give it to me. No. I, she's like, ew, no. Matter of fact, don't touch me. Right, get, right. get away from me. Please. And they said? play keep away for a little bit. Right. Please don't make no man right. Look, Villanelle told me to get this. Yeah, but Villanelle like, was mine. getting it for me. Give me my thing. No. Villanelle said. And he was just like, nope, nope, no. How about no? Also, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and. uh further thought? No. <laughs> I, really, really. And he was just like, look, I don't care how sick you are or what's going on. And he's like, okay, look, 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 okay. It's for my daughter. And here goes Constant on his bullshit. So my daughter, you know, you literally have no use for this, okay? It's just like a little silly thing. Just look at it. Why don't you take it out and look at it? I promise. It's just like a piece of Taurus bullshit. Just like pull it out. And so, um, yeah, she does. And then, oh, wait, no, but then she threatens to throw it in the street. Oh, I think right. it was before before he's like, just take a look at it. She's like, oh, so if it's, it's nothing but a little trinket, I could just throw this in the street right now, right? I could just let it be crushed. And then Constance's like, no! <laughs> and Eve is like, I knew it. I knew it. See, I can be a spy and detective too, just like Villanelle. And so she's like, yeah, what is it, bitch? What's in there? And he's like, it's just a barcode that leads to money. 
passports and toiletries. And he but, just looks so defeated right. to he, give up that information. Right. I feel like while he was trying to get out the last part about toiletries, that he was having his uh uh, one of those attacks that uh, a machine would have caught. <laughs> right. I wasn't sure if he was faking it or if he was authentically being like, God, I cannot deal with this stress. Maybe a little bit of both. Just because I'm always like, Constantine is at least always 35% full of shit. No, at right, least right. a third of him is full of shit. He needs a colonic. <laughs> no, oh, but it's true. Oh, yeah. We forgot to say that when Eve takes out the thing from the bag, when he's like, just take it out. It's some Russian dolls. And she starts to undoll them. And he's like, see, is that? It's not anything. And she's like, oh, let me, can I take it to the streets and crush it? He's like, wait, wait. <laughs> if you do that, it'll be in 85 pieces and I will never see those numbers. I, was I like, will never Eve, get the barcode. Do one more, one more doll. I always feel like everyone stops short of the one doll before there's something else right. that's, that's there. But theoretically, nothing was in there, but it could have been diamonds because Constantine is such a liar. Right. I fully expect for him to be inventing new lies to tell in process. It's like, oh, she opened the last thing. Yeah, it's just a barcode. There's no diamonds in there. Not at all. Just a barcode. And of course, Eve is like, well, that's interesting. Are you OK? And he's just like, no, don't ask me if I'm OK when you got my shit over there. I'm literally not OK because you are stressing me out in this time. And she tries to help him to the bench. Which he does do, because he's literally having one of the worst <laughs> days and weeks of his entire life, if I had to imagine. And then uh, this gives us an overhead shot uh, of, uh, was it, it was it was like a yellowish coat making her way over to the bitter pill. Evidently, it is by Lowe. Lowe? Lueve? Lueve. <laughs> I, every time I read it, I still think Lowe, the hardware store. But no, it's Lueve. And so I'm pretty sure I read somewhere. I don't know where. I can't remember. But it was a Lueve jacket. And I'm like, oh, is that is that why y'all hit her up at the sponsorship so you can get your clothes in right. there? Knowing that there are some people <laughs> out there, evidently, who buy everything if they can afford it that Jody wears as Villanelle. And sometimes, evidently, Jody herself. All right. She says, I try to, she says she tries to stick to like footwear and stuff because anything else is like she's feels like she's taking Villanelle. I agree. Her. T-shirts and are very much personality based. And is. I, you know, I get a t-shirt I like if I'm feeling it. But also if the t-shirt's five hundred dollars, bitch, please. Like <laughs> Bitch, who the, who, what is the t-shirt made of? I mean, at if that I'm point, out here paying right, at that point, I can make my own t-shirt at that point. And so. I don't see the point when it was definitely probably also made by slave labor and oh. children. And so it's like, I can't do that. I, I can only have that jaunt for boots. Right. The Lueve jacket makes it to the bitter pill. Uh, sees dread. Um, he had a, I have an appointment with Eve Palastri. Um, instead of saying Eve Palastri doesn't work here, she says, well, Eve's not well, Eve Palastri lives there, so <laughs> that was the appropriate response. Right. Eve's um, not here right now. Her clothes message? are still here. Right. She says, no, wait. And then uh, she um, is captivated by the board that's in the same direction as where the, uh, the employees uh, tiered listing was. And she notices the cork board with all the murders on it. And she goes, so much death. Um, she is offered something to drink versus like tea. Um, and um, she points to one of the murders and she goes, that one, that wasn't me. I swear. <laughs> and Dred's over here like, oh, oh, oh. Um, I, if you could just, if you could just, get, I, I, I have to, I have to tell my boss, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on break. I'll, I'll be back. And she double times it to, Jamie's office, which is open. The office stays open. Well, I mean, that's so. why I feel like you can't say go on break. She goes like 12 feet to 15 feet. Right. 
within earshot right. to an open door because this is like one of those we work fucking spaces or whatever they called it. You desk, we desk, hot desk. Hot, but, yeah, hot desk. And so that is the situation that it's not, it's entirely absurd. She's just like, excuse me, I need to go tell someone else who isn't me that a killer's in the, the building. She goes to inform Jamie and Bear that that is her, you know, the her, the her of the her. And immediately Bear is like, wow. Wow. The vision. The vision. And she loves Fantastics. <laughs> She's fucking perfect. She's perfect. And at that moment, Bear's probably most of the fandom of like, we just love Bella now because he can't get over it. And this is actually, that's why Bear is the fandom because he is in love with Eve. And impressed by Eve, he thinks she's brilliant and amazing, even when everyone else is like, Eve is a mess. And she kind of smells today. And he's like, no, I really care for Eve. She's the best. And then he meets Villanelle. And inside of five seconds, he's like, oh, my God, she's incredible. And if he just knew, which I think by the time this situation is over, the conversations Bear will have by himself about what relationship is happening between Eve and Villanelle is probably something I never want to know from the male perspective. Uh, right. But it's Maybe probably that. happening because how can it not when you've got a bitch looking like Eve Palastri and a bitch looking like Villanelle, and then you figure out, oh, they jaunting together. Wow. Wow. And I think he has a thing for dangerous mean ladies in general. Like, he's one of those guys that's like, he would pay a dominatrix to step on him in life yeah. because he ultimately I mean, wants well, to be, well, hey, don't yuck someone's yum. Some people like dominatrix people to employ. I mean, well, yeah, they do. They and do. it's along the lines of misandry, so I can't be mad at it. He's like, what do you, th what do you suppose she does with all the penises? And here's Jamie like, shh. <clears throat> And Villanelle's literally just staring at all of them. And she looked up from the minute <laughs> Bear is like, oh, my gosh, she's amazing. She literally looks up like, I can hear you. And they're all looking <laughs> and she's just listening to the rest of the conversation. And Jamie uh, leads the, the troops out of his office. He does. Slowly advances. He's the brave one. He's the most brave. <laughs> and she's like, yes. Can I help you? <laughs> And he's searching for he's searching for the words. He does not have them yet. But right when he thinks that he's about to say anything, something, a phone in her pocket rings. Her phone rings. It's ringtone. And I guess she knows the number, of course, because she has everybody's number. It's constant. And, and that's when, like you said earlier, that she says, oh, you, you better not be calling me to tell me that you're dead. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, tell... I almost wanted to say tell your girlfriend, but he doesn't say that. I wish he did. He did he not. Said, tell your friend. Yeah, to I, give know, me I know. I shit. <laughs> and then he, she goes, "Wait, you're with Eve? Eve, I'm at your work. Everyone is really strange." Uh, and yes, the line that we see from the trailer. And of course, uh, Constance acts like he doesn't have time for this. Well, he wants to know why she got Eve involved. And Villanelle is basically like, I had no choice because you were busy dying with a heart attack last mm. I saw you. Mm. And then Eve is asking to speak to Villanelle, but is ignored by Constantine, who says to Villanelle, look, just tell your girlfriend, I'll say it appropriately, to hand it over, okay? Just tell your girl to give me my shit. And Villanelle's like, no way, bitch. Uh, so you can leave without me? Ha ha! You think that I am the girl that you were training in the first year when I got out of jail? No, bitch. I have learned me a thing or two, and there's no fucking way I'm telling Eve to give that to you. That's what I intuited from what she said. Constantine is basically like, I'm sick. I'm a sick man. I'm feeble. Don't do this. Don't do this. I can't deal with this right now. And Vanel's basically like, okay, so if you're that sick and feeble, you better leave it with her. Right? That, that should be what you do. And, of course, Constantine is annoyed that no one is listening to him at all. <laughs> and um, he just says in a huff, like, meet me now. Just now. Meet me now. Meet me right now. Okay? Great. Hangs up the phone. 
And Eve is just looking at him like, so she told you for, for me to me hang to on stay, to it, right? right? right. <laughs> and uh, she's so fucking smug, just like in series two, when both um, Constantine and Carolyn tried to gaslight both Villanelle and Eve to be like, she wouldn't do it for you. And they were like, yes, yeah, she would. Yes, yeah, she would. Like, they're on that same page of like, oh, she didn't say that, did she? Oh, she wouldn't. Yeah, I know. And I just think that's <laughs> adorable. Same brain cell. You have that look on your face. Stop with that look at Eve's. Villanelle's going to be furious. <laughs> exactly. It's the one brain cell they share. And I think after that, we are back to the bitter pill and Villanelle is still eating her fantastics and freaking out the staff. And then she walks up to them and says, the good ones, I pickle. I mean, my God. <laughs> that's a great, that's how you increase your legend. She gets it. She's like, I'm trying to increase my legend. I'm not killing right now the way I used to. And the word is getting out that I'm not on my shit. So I need to re-increase the word of my ridiculousness. So we'll start here. I pickle the good ones. The bad ones, though, you don't want to know. And I feel like at this moment, Bear had a weird physical reaction. He probably had a simultaneous shrickethness that led to the soiling of the pants. Oh, but yes. also... The other thing that probably led to obvious arousal, and I'm disturbed for myself and Bear at the likelihood of that tango happening for him because the way he was clutched into the glass after she threatened his penis, because when she said the bad ones, she looks at Bear and then looks down. She is intentionally fucking with Bear. She heard Bear was thirst McGurst <laughs> over there and she was like, okay, yeah, the, the good ones I pick up, but the bad ones, let me look at you up and down, up and down. Yeah, uh, you don't you want to know. know. And Bear's like, I actually kind of want to know because this is... This is, I didn't know that this was my thing, but I, wow, this, I mean, is, this is, this is, this is the thing. That's, that's, that's hard to stumble onto. You know what I mean? Like you need to have the experience to just be like a woman slapping you during sex I to know you wanted missing. to be abused. I mean, sometimes Cause that's, abuse. Don't know. that's abuse. That's like that movie. I don't know what that movie is, but uh, there was a girl riding some dude in the middle of the sex. She started smacking him and shit. And he was like, Oh wait, what? Like that's domestic violence. Like it seems that bear is into that. And that is a special unique <laughs> type of thing that you're into beat me up no beat me no that's literally it no no sex just beating just beat me the fuck up wow Ooh, uh so, it was so nice to meet you and everyone just shaking like jittering like they jumped i hope like... audrey contracts hr by the way i hope audrey <laughs> saw what happened with bear visually she was like no 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 no. That's this is gross. not why i work here right. this is not why i work here jamie where's the number for hr and he's like uh we don't have an hr he's like fucking shit don't you remember you said I that quit. you caught Eve Pilastri in her underwear in the uh, bathroom and you were angry that she was taking the shower and that I told you that we don't have an HR. Like, we've had this conversation. She's like, well, you said you were gonna. <laughs> you said you were gonna. He was like, I lied, Audrey. We don't have the budget. Uh, and uh, Okay, so this is her leaving the scene. And um, everyone's it's kind of shocked that they were able to make it out of that scenario with their lives. And um, I mean, good, good on you. Good, good for saving these characters. I mean, good, just good on everybody at the bit of pill. Yeah, just, just good on you. And then uh, we get back to Eve and uh, Constantine, and he's angry because he's trying to figure out how to drop a pin on his location. He's trying to send Villanelle's location so she can find him. And Eve takes the phone. It's like, oh, here, give that to me. And as soon as she drops the pin, the phone I think it's ridiculous that Eve Pilastri, passcode one, two, three, four, knows how to drop pins. Okay. But I guess they're making her the antithesis to Sandra O, oh, who's like, technology, that's not me. Not what I do. But Eve Pilastri, she's like, I can drop a fucking pin. I can drop this pin. And I'm like, Eve, you don't have any friends. Who have you been dropping pins to? Who explained to you this feature? Who? You've been inside <laughs> slumming it all for the past half year, but whatever. Whatever. And so she hands the phone back to Constantine. 
And the first thing that we hear on the other side after he answers is, I know about the money. Or it's a Paul. Yeah, it's, it's Paul. a Paul call. Paul calls and it's like, hey, bitch, I know. Be at my house in a half hour. Boom. And that was, it was short and sweet. Well, maybe not sweet. It was just short and to the point. And then the camera pans out a little bit and we see a gun being held on him. We don't see at the time that it's Carolyn, but we know. We, we knew. Know right. We, we. It's not a reveal. Maybe they thought it was a reveal, reveal, but it really was not. And then so constant after the phone calls, like change of plans. Um, That he needed to go, I guess, to a different location. And of course, Eve's like, well, I'm coming too. <laughs> because um, she knows that Villanelle's following the pen. And so if she's following the pen, she's following Constantine, and she got this thing from Eve has learned the power of no. She has said no to Constantine about a dozen times in this sequence, and he gets another one where he's like, I gotta go. And Eve is like, no, hell no. He's like, give me my thing, because he demands it again. He's like, I gotta go, change of plans, I gotta go, can I have my thing? And she's like, bitch, it hasn't even been five minutes since I last said no to you. No, I'll come with you. And he's like, fucking shit. You know what your problem Great. is, Eve Flasher? You don't know what's good for you. And I think she was like, oh, says the man who's like in between heart attacks or something like that where he's. Yeah, she's like, you just had a heart attack, bitch. And look at what you're doing. It doesn't seem like you. I definitely know one thing, which is that you're not supposed to be out of the hospital the day after your heart attack. And so you are clearly living wild and dangerously. So he goes to take a step and she's about to like guide his step. And he's over here like, get off, get off of me. He's like, like don't touch me. <laughs> and then she's like, well, who was on the phone? And he's like, don't be questioning me either. Just don't. None of it. <laughs> and I feel like he's like, my murder daughters that I never asked for are so annoying. I didn't ask for this shit. And here they are annoying the shit out of me all the time. God, I need to retire, <sighs> go to Cuba and just be done with everything. And so after that, we cut to Constantine and Eve arriving to Paul's house. And we hear Constantine say before they come into the frame fully, I do the talking. And it's like, well, no wor no worrying about that because Carolyn only has questions for you and Paul, essentially. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Now we can begin. Right. Mm -hmm. And Carolyn is there. And so is Paul, who is sitting down in one of the chairs. And after Carolyn's like, yeah, now we can start properly. She sees Eve. And uh, I just want to point out that Eve has arrived with her hair down, which means in process, much like she tends to do when she's anticipating seeing Villanelle, she changes everything about like her energy, her look. And at this point, it should be fairly obvious that she likes to give Villanelle what she likes to see because she she doesn't have to put her hair down, but she puts it down because she knows that's what her girl prefers. Just want to say, just want to say that fact. And Carolyn is like, Eve, what are you doing here? And Eve is like, I'm, I'm helping, helping Villanelle. <laughs> and Carolyn's like, oh, of course. I'm surprised she's not with. But before she finishes her sentence, there's a buzz. And it is, it is Villanelle. Uh, should I? Uh <laughs> and Carolyn is unable to finish dragging Eve about of course you're with Villanelle before her wife shows up and Carolyn's like great of course yeah get the door bitch whatever and Constantine once Eve disappears to see about her girl he asks Paul and he's like yo what have you told her like what is this? And I think he says that precisely so he can know how to how to game. He wants to know exactly what Paul said so he can know how to game for himself and fuck oh, Paul right. over while saving himself. Right. And Paul is just spinning some lines about being undercover. And but Carolyn has Constantine sit next to Paul because he tries to sit in the other chair. She's like, no, no, next to him. And I'm like, I hope it's because you're going to shoot them both. But that's that's not what I got. She did not shoot them Wishful both. But at the time, thinking. at the time, I was thinking she was going to get a two for a two for one. That's not what happened. And so now we have Villanelle finally arriving to Paul and she comes in with Eve and they're so cute standing next to each other and she sees the scene and she's like whoa uh this now this 
is something different. Oh, shit. I thought we were just coming to meet Daddy K. I didn't know whose house this was. But now that I see that there's stuff going on, Carolyn is here. Carolyn, by the way, I just want to let you know my application for employment is still in. <laughs> if, you're, if you could just meditate on that a little bit more, that would be great. And wow. And eventually Villanelle's like, uh, so who who is he? And I think Carolyn is the one that says he is a person that's going to answer my questions. Okay, some goddamn questions. I think Paula tries to interrupt and get up to be like, listen, Carolyn, you know what? This would be easier if I could just... And she's like, bitch, don't finish your you sentence. Don't speak. Sit, sit down. Back down. All caps. Right. All caps. Right. Sit down, Paul. And then Constantine starts on his bullshit again like, look, he's been the one giving the orders. Not me. And this is a callback once again to Constantine every fucking season. Every season at the end. Constantine's in trouble. And he's telling somebody, right. look, it's not me. I, I, don't, I don't give orders. I take orders. I'm just doing what I'm told. Surely you understand that, right? It's not me. I, didn't, I personally don't have any issues with you. In fact, if I had an option, I wouldn't even be here. But Carolyn, I don't think she has any time or space for what Constantine's about to say. And Villanelle is still talking to Eve, or I guess talking to the broom and Eve at the same time, where it's like, who is he? But Constantine keeps talking to Carolyn, who is definitely commanding attention. I think he says something like, do you even know how to use that? About the gun. Like, give it to me. And it was interesting because I was like, well, that's a call back to Villanelle underestimating Eve. And don't do that. Don't Ooh. do that. Don't underestimate women Suits who wear you. turtlenecks. That's not what you do. I mean, what you would think, given their history, that Constantine would have a strong understanding of what and how. Well, actually, that's why I thought it was odd. Because he, he says in the car when she takes his ass, he implies very clearly that he understands that she's dangerous and that she doesn't have to do all this stuff to show her danger. And so I was like, this is a odd time to condescend a bitch and be like do you even know how to use that gun bitch who doesn't know how to use a gun the safety's off and you pull the trigger it's like you might get some blowback and hit yourself in the head if you're not careful but literally it doesn't take a degree or knowledge of rocket science to pull a trigger i don't think so she blasts the cranium of the bus and she's like oh it seems to be working fine to me and, you know, that has gotten Eve's attention. It's gotten, <laughs> I mean, Villanelle already knew who Carolyn was. So Villanelle's already on the page. Paul's See, sweating. that's interesting you say that. I don't know that Villanelle's on the page. How do we know this? Unless we find out that Carolyn is in the 12 and she's interacted with Villanelle. I would say no. Villanelle has had limited interactions with Carolyn, especially Carolyn in season two, wasn't very forthcoming. And if Villanelle knew more about Carolyn, surely she would have came correct in the meeting. So I think Villanelle's just enjoying the show. If I had to compare it, I would compare it to series two, the penultimate episode when Aaron is finally letting us know what the weapon is. And she's sitting at the table. And she's like, oh, shit. Well, I do like some good tea in the morning. And okay. so okay. I think she was looking like, okay. oh, wow. And I think she's also curious about Carolyn. Carolyn has got big DE. I, I say that Carolyn's BDE is bigger than Lady in Red. And so I would like to think that a woman like that would intrigue Villanelle. I'd be like, well, I'd rather be under the woman like this because, wow, she's definitely the most powerful woman I've come into contact with. And I don't know. But I do agree that it was odd that he was testing Carolyn in that way. It just seemed out of character for someone who seemed respectful previously of Carolyn's danger. You're going to burn for this. I can't with that threat. Oh, that's after Carolyn's like, well, it seems to be working. <laughs> and I think Paul was upset that his, what was that, Statue of David replica was shot. His his statue was shot in the head. It was probably a lot of money. It was probably half his retirement. And he was like, uh -huh. wow, wow, <laughs> you're going to burn for this. And that's a gay insult it where is. you take a queer's art and you destroy it. They're like, oh, oh, bitch, you're going down. You go, you go. That bitch stepped on my panties. He was so upset. And so I saw him like, that was sentimental art. Matter of fact, his ex probably gave it to him. Because, you know, he's still broken up over the ex. He's like, oh, oh my God. He is too. Oh, my God. This is the last thing I had from him, Carolyn. You will burn. But his threats were empty. And we knew they were. 
because Paul was just here to die. He was always in the series to die. And I think Carolyn's just like, shut up, Paul. <laughs> She's like, shut up. No one believes you. No one's listening to you. In fact, no one asked you to speak. I'm done talking to you. I'm just here for Constantine. Oh, and then of course she asks the question about why he was there. Well, before she does that, we cut to Villanelle and Eve having a wifey conversation. They're having a little short conversation with uh, with each other. And Villanelle's like, yeah, what's going on? And Eve is like, bitch, I have no idea. Also, what happened? Because Eve, and I love this because Eve is still trying to get the knowledge. She's trying to get the nitty gritty. She's like, girl, I saw those tears hovering. And literally, I barely ever see real tears hovering in your eyes. I need to know what's going on. Can you talk to me? And Carolyn is like, oh my God, um, listen, if you two bitches are going to be here, can you shut the <laughs> fuck up and go sit down? I mean, but she's the better parent because Constantine couldn't get that. Constantine would be like, can y'all be quiet and go sit down? And they both be like, no. Right, no, actually. Carolyn you're says, right. can you both be quiet and go sit down? And they're like, yes. And they sit at the exact same time, like two petulant teenagers. They're like, yes, mom. And I'm just like, why won't you guys give me my trio? Like, why did you end the series and say, Candace, you don't get what you want? You don't get to see Carolyn babysitting these two sapphic hoes now. And so I'm still mad about it, but I loved that they were like, a couple of dating teenagers being scolded by the teacher who's like, wow, you're talking and flirting in the back of the class and I'm standing here. I'm still standing here. So maybe you could just not talk. And so uh, Villanelle was trying to figure out if Paul works for the 12, but Constantine said that he is the 12. So that's when she goes into, oh, wait, do you know Helen? And he, she's like, uh, Paul's like, Helen, the receptionist. And she's like, no, Helene. Uh <laughs> Wait. Did you mention that Constance said he was working for everybody? Oh, did Constance say yes. he was for everybody? So after they sit down and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, mom. Constantine continues his plea. And he's basically like, look, you know, I've been working for the 12, the FSB, the security service. This can't be a surprise to you. Like, I'm a double crossing bitch. That's what I do. And then Paul chimes in like, this is why we've been investigating him. He's betrayed everyone, which is definitely true. That is definitely a fact from Paul's mouth. And then he adds, including stealing millions from the 12. And then Constant is like, oh, please, you are the 12. And then Villanelle's like, wait a minute. He's the 12? Because we know Villanelle is still on her secret mission, at least I hope so, to get more 12 names to do something with the 12. And then Constantine replies yes to Villanelle. And then Villanelle sits up and she's like, oh, uh, do you know Alain? And Paul is like, Helen, that runs the um, the treasury desk. And then I was like, no, Ellen, Ellen. She's my boss. Well, ex-boss, because, well, you know, it was a very toxic, it was a very toxic workplace. <laughs> she was filing an HR complaint Yo, to the 10 to 12. Like, I can't. She that- keeps letting everyone know that the workplace was toxic. She's like, <laughs> I just need to keep reminding you that not only is killing for the 12 shitty, it's the environment that they put you in. It's not just the murder. It's like what they do in the environment. And here's the E flashy. Did you order Dasha to take out my husband? I'm like, well, That's because they've completely <laughs> overrided Carolyn's, Carolyn's authority. Literally, Carolyn was just like, can y'all sit down and be the fuck quiet? And they were quiet for about two seconds before Villanelle was asking questions. Then Eve was like, yo, I got some questions too. And she had a bit more of a, of a rage jaunt because we know Dark Eve is still rising. Right, He's still. in process. And mm-hmm. she was like, I'm just looking for another reason to kill somebody. So can you answer my question? Because I don't even give a fuck about Nico at this point, but I do give a fuck about you fucking with things that are supposed to be attached to me. So I, I, I would like to get my next body. And I feel like it's not too long after that that Carolyn is like, okay, what the fuck? Yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Constantine tells Eve that Dasha is dead and he's face i was hoping that in that moment we would have gotten something like someone would have said oh you killed it was actually it was you your your size sevens or whatever you got going on yeah i was hoping that somebody would have said something like yeah actually your size sevens were actually still caved in on the chest like it was actually a perfect match 
it was, it was a perfect. I mean, that would have been fun, but it would have made no sense because Dasha and Constantine did not share a long enough conversation. There's no indication that he understands what happened. Literally, he did not know Eve was a part of it until Dasha volunteers that information to be like, yo, do you know your girl did this to me and the Palastri woman? So there's no specificity of what Eve did. He has no idea what she did. He has no idea what's going on. For all he knows, they could have killed her in tandem. Mm. So he doesn't really direct that to anyone. He's just like, Dosh is dead after Eve asked the question. And then Villanelle's like, oh, shit. And this plays into my thing of there's no way Villanelle, an assassin, should think or assume she killed Dasha just by bashing her um, with a golf club. And so in that moment, it feels like she's like, oh, wow, I did kill a bitch? That wasn't even intentional. Damn. And Eve is like, wow, my second body. <laughs> <sighs> I wish there was a boudoir nearby, but there isn't. And so I just have to try to keep this inside until later. Great. Uh, the, of course, uh, Carolyn, yes, she arranged control. It's too much. Right. She said, wait a minute. Everyone is crisscross talking and no one's talking to me. And I'm the one with the gun. It's me with the gun. Carolyn Martins. What the fuck? She tells Constantine that she saw footage and that she knows that he was there the day that Kenny was murdered. And Eve was like, you were there because Eve was there. But I mean, Eve was there because she was going to meet. Well, we have to say that she asks everyone to shut the fuck up. Like at that moment <laughs> when Carolyn is done, she's like, okay, can everybody, can everybody shut the fuck up? Um, then you Constantine. And then Constantine is like, yo, what is this about actually Carolyn? So what is it? What is it about that you want? And she replies, why did you kill my son? And then you're like, Ooh, and Constance's like, what? Who, me? What? What? What do you mean? What? Who? I don't know what you're talking about. And then she's like, um, the footage. I've right. seen I've seen the footage. Right. And you were there the day that he was murdered. And then Eve was like, you were there. And here's Constantine trying to look to the left, back at Carolyn, look to the left again. I can explain. I was like, oh, look. Like, at that point, if I had something on my head, like, this is one of those, like, all man moments, but, like, group unison all man, like... There's no way you talking yourself out of this situation. Oh, but didn't he? But didn't I mean, he? But so, I know, I sorry, know. got to veto that because he did. I know. Um, <laughs> I mm. so after he tries to protest, that's ridiculous, Carolyn. I didn't do anything, and she's like, I saw the footage, bitch. You were there. I love that they're cutting back and forth to Eve because the darkness rising in her. She just wants to murk somebody, and she's like, it could be Constantine, it could be Paul. Just let me know. Send right. me in the direction, Point Carolyn. The right, right, right. And Eve is definitely annoyed. And I think that's because she probably would have done something horrible to Constantine when they were alone, had she known that Constantine was responsible, partly responsible for, for Kenny's death. And Constantine on his bullshit, yes, I can't explain. And, you, know, you can't explain. You, you, there's nothing to explain about that. And Carolyn basically gives that sentiment because she's like, I sure hope you can, bitch, because I am so close. So close to pulling this trigger, hair trigger, right here, about to kill you. And I don't know if you guys love this uh, explanation or not, but we have been waiting seven episodes to learn is that Kenny was getting too close to the secrets of the 12. So Constantine was there to make him an offer. Well, before they even get to that, Carolyn's like, I'm waiting. Continue with the fucking story. And Villanelle then says to Constantine, tell her. So there's all kinds of interest. Villanelle's right. still not quiet. She's still like, yeah, I want to know what's going on because this whole time she's been interacting with Constantine, getting pieces of information, same as Dasha. So she's trying to put the pieces she doesn't know together. Like, yeah, Constantine, what have you been doing in the days I've not seen you? And then he starts to reply like, okay, so everybody's against me, including Villanelle. That's fantastic. So he admits he was on the rooftop and that's when Eve is like, oh my God, you killed Kenny. She just jumps and crosses the barrier of like, yes, you killed Kenny. And then that's when Villanelle interjects and 
and kind of also does, might I add, one of the smoothest um, 90s era stretch okay. arm moves to get your arm around I your girl's like, shoulders. Is this She's like, Constantine <laughs> doesn't kill. Constantine sends people to kill, but also watch how I do this. Let's snuggle close because I think it's about to get real dangerous in here, Eve. Let's snuggle close because we're watching a movie. This is like Netflix and right. chill for assassins. We are Netflix and chilling and watching About to Watch a Death. So let's get close. Let's cuddle. Right. So just imagine like it's a yawn motion and then the arm just rests right behind your lover's uh, neck. I say it's cool than a yawn because she doesn't yawn. Right. No, she I just know, does it. She just does it. And I'm like, girl, you were so nervous not an hour ago. I'm so glad that watching Constantine about to be murdered has given you the additional confidence you need to just get even closer to Eve in this time. And of course she does. And Constantine, I feel like it's like, yo, bitch, you keep dying. Height. Hey, go with the, yo, what is he doing? But to me, it looked like Villanelle was very entertained. Constantine is a mess. He gives the worst, literally the worst explanation. I don't believe it. I hope the I mean, writers do something to say that it was all a lie next season because they can't expect us to believe that Kenny fell off a roof. Right. That was at waist, waist height. He just fell uh, off and toppled off. If you are something's at waist height. Right. Well, no, it's not even about that. It's about physics. That even if he went backwards, his the momentum of weight would have to be in such a way to send him off the roof. Because if you're walking backwards and you hit this table, do you see yourself going over the table? No, yeah, you used to hitting the table. Right. And so how fast was he walking backwards? It doesn't matter. I don't believe Constantine. It is the most ridiculous excuse I've ever heard. Okay, maybe not ever, but definitely on the show. Definitely on the show to explain a death. Yeah, he definitely says that Kenny was not paying attention when he backed himself over. And I'm like, you sure he wasn't like lifted, hit, struck, shot? Anything. Well, you know, we did not well, get any of those. the autopsy, sir. They told us, so I don't no, think I know, shot, shot. Remember that conspiracy theory? There was you one. You thought existed? So, yeah, no, no shot. But also the story is just whack. It's horrible. And, of course, Eve, her face is like bullshit. This is bullshit. And Carolyn is like, I wish I could believe you. And Constantine is like, but you have to. And she's like, listen, bitch, I don't. The problem is I, I don't, though. I don't believe you. And Constantine is trying to plead his case. Like, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. She's like, you wouldn't have? Why, though? Why wouldn't have you? And he tries to be like, well, I wouldn't do that to someone I... And she's like, ah! ah right. Don't ah, even... Don't, don't say even, love, bitch. Right. Don't say love. Get on your knees. Constantine on his uh, knees for Carolyn. Like, I just wanted to hear someone scream that that was Eve Palastri to Villanelle for right. other reasons. But I got it this season. I mean, I did have the campaign on the knees for 2020. Just wasn't the people I wanted. Right, I know. Fantastic. And uh, of course, he's trying to figure out why or if how to get out of this. And there is no out. At this point, everyone's looking at Constant like you have nowhere left to run. And everyone's got different energy on their faces. Constantine's energy is, oh, shit. Carolyn's energy is very much like you're about to die. Villanelle's energy is impressed and she's checking out Carolyn. And so I found that all very intriguing that she's not, for how they've played her relationship with Constantine and the aspects of emotion or care that are there, it seems very obvious what has happened and fully fractured in their relationship at this time because she is more intrigued and enamored with what Carolyn is doing as if Constantine deserves it, which he does, and that she believes that he deserves it. And she's not interested in interfering in any kind of way. Right. And as he starts to go down with his, uh, I guess, his ticker messing with him, he asks, well, why not Paul? Why not him? And she's like, oh, I don't care about him. And, you know, a lot of people don't care about Paul, but that doesn't mean we want to see him in series four. Um, but I do care about you. And the gun meets the, the oh you know what we forgot to say when Constantine reveals that he was on the roof with Paul Carolyn asks him 
okay, so why were you there then? And that's when Constantine says, Paul, Paul, Paul sent me. Paul sent me over there. He's the one who gives the orders. And Paul is basically like, me? Me? But yeah, it's Paul's it's over for Paul. Crazy. Yeah. And then Constantine continues that Kenny was getting too close to the truth. And that he told him if he wanted to live, he needed to come work for the 12. And that he was trying to save him. I promise. But, uh, of course, Paul says that he's lying. And Carolyn says, okay, but, you know, he's dead. So if you were trying to prevent him from the death, guess what? You failed, bitch. Because my son is still dead. And that's when we get that horrible explanation from Constantine that we covered earlier. And uh, so guns at the temple. Um, Constantine's cornered, like, um, just cornered. Gun is on the forehead, not the temple. Oh, directly so on the forehead, which would be much messier. Much, much messier. Uh, and then we hear Constantine call out. Not before Villanelle sits up to get a better look. And kudos to Kim Bodnia. Hopefully he will eke out a little supporting nod here in the BAFTA stuff. Oh, wait, that stuff came out and I guess he didn't. Oh, wait, but I don't know if it's for this season. I feel like it was for season two. Whatever. I'll figure that out. But he is looking very distraught and it is horrible for Constantine, actually. And I don't know that Constantine has felt more pain in this moment because you could argue that he was feeling some kind of pain with Edina being locked up but at the same time I would go against that because of the fact that Edina was locked up in the first place but he probably had some kind of idea in his mind about what he could rely on for Villanelle given the various moments they shared despite the ups and downs and after this scene is over he has confirmation about what a bitch won't do and woo, that is that's something to live with to live with that is something. Right, because when he shouts out, Villanelle, do something. I'm just like, this is sad. because <laughs> Carolyn kind of answers it when he's like, why me? And I think it also makes sense for why Villanelle wouldn't intercede. I mean, she apologizes to Rianne about her death, and she doesn't fucking know that bitch. But she doesn't feel, doesn't seem to feel sorry at all about Constantine because she knows that hoe. And it's like, that's the kind of hurt you get when you let someone or you try to get a piece of trust and then they just betray you, which is ultimately why Carolyn was fucked up in that moment. Because I don't think ever that she fully trusted Constantine, but I definitely think that she had enough of a piece of trust to be like, you wouldn't do that without letting me in on something. And so when Constantine is basically crying and he's like, but why me and not, not him as well? Why just me? Carolyn is like, because I don't care about him. He doesn't mean shit to me, but you bitch, you, you I actually cared about right. in a moment. And that's why this is fucked. And so while he's on his knees, Carolyn is like, this was inevitable. And I'm like, oh, my God, was it inevitable from when you guys were fucking in the 80s? Because that's some deep shit. But also, I would also agree. I, I could I could imagine a conversation you guys would have had as young spies in the 80s about inevitably needing to end this violently in death. And I was hoping I'd get it. I, I did not. I that show. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I would still, still watch that, that show. show. But yeah. And then... uh. So after we see Constantine crying out, and of course, the inact. Villanelle! The inact. Villanelle, do something! Villanelle! I mean, she is definitely affected by those screams, but she is not doing anything to intervene. Oh, you think she and, was affected? That's interesting. Well, I mean, I guess I can hit it back in the muses, but. Or uh, maybe she was caught off guard by it. Well, if you're saying she's affected, I guess the question is how would you say she was affected? Right. I think that, yeah, she wasn't anticipating hearing it. You know, most people, I guess, longer standing people, she would have felt, would have had a better sense so of resolve. So what's the emotion you would ascribe to it? I think that the she was surprised, if anything, by the lack of resolve in his really you know, meeting. Really? Thing. It's interesting you say that when Constantine begged in series one. 
Why would she you sure say did, that? Right before she got hit with a log, and I still didn't get retribution for. But I'm just saying, why would you think that when he begged before? Like, yeah, what about his when you energy? Do that to someone who doesn't know you, like a villain now, versus someone who has all of this history with you. But wait, why would you say who doesn't know you like a villanelle? He had been with, and especially series one, Constantine. We thought he was the only one training villanelle. For at least two years. He was the only handler. And then we find out this series, okay, Dasha existed. Dasha. But it seems like Dasha was a foil to Constantine because even though she was harsher and rougher, he was obviously like, you didn't know how to deal with her. You were expecting her to do these things. And I figured out that you have to do these other things. But at the same time, he still didn't protect Villanelle from abuse and other stuff. So well, that's it's... the one way. That's Constantine knowing Villanelle. Uh, I wouldn't really also say that that works the other way around to say that that's a Villanelle knowing a constant when all the series one she was trying to get minute information from him about like his family, about other things, even if she was playing him. But a, a Carolyn would have been in Constantine's life much longer than a Villanelle would have been in Constantine's life. Well, I would agree, but the show has spent a lot of time setting up the, the father-daughter dynamic between Villanelle and, and Constantine. That I just sort of feel like that's why this is a cataclysmic change between them, because it has been very clear. Series one, she gets the job to kill Constantine. She hesitates. Her hesitation leads to her injury and ultimately her ineffectiveness. And even then, when she's supposed to shoot Constantine at the end and she shoots him, Constantine makes a joke later in series three, actually, of, oh, hey, you know how you are when you shoot people emotionally and you don't go back and check. <laughs> and so I just don't know because the way they've set it up, Constantine is the father figure that no longer exists. And then they, they decide to go back in series three and say, not only has Constantine been a father figure, she was close to her father. So here's now evidence to say that she potentially would have a better parental relationship with a male because of how she has these issues with her mother. And so in my mind, Villanelle wants to know more about Constantine. Like you have a daughter confirmed. And maybe I'm inferring this because of how you're treating me and talking to me. I'm inferring, do you have a child? Do you have something else? And she's getting little pieces. But Constantine had all the pieces, including evidently all of her family members that were still alive that he knew existed. I know where you're from. I know what you did. I know where your family is. I'm getting you from jail. I know how you work and how I need to talk to you. And so I would say, I would say that he knew Villanelle decently well. Oh, yes. If not very well. And maybe Villanelle didn't know details, but she knows the, the countenance, the personality. And so that that's to me what makes it horrific is that there's an actual fucking fracture they lead you to believe up until now that Villanelle's like you're all I have so I have to go with you because you're my only way out Eve reappears and there are options and suddenly it's like no no bitch and despite Eve stabbing her Eve has not betrayed a bitch the way Constantine right. has betrayed Villanelle multiple times and I don't think she's over it why would you be especially given what Tatiana has done I'd be like bitch why'd you even tell me my family was alive bitch if this was going you knew I was going to be fucking ridiculous right. and you let me do it anyway and so, I don't know. But I just think that scene was complicated in emotions for Villanelle. And I enjoyed how they had Jodie play it because it was unexpected. I would have maybe guessed that they would have done something else because of all this emphasis they put on her relationship with Constantine. But in that moment, she looked chill. She looked calm. There wasn't a single tear hovering. Jodie Comer has been hovering tears in a lot of goddamn scenes. That scene with Constantine, her eyes were dry. They were, they were dry. And that is intentional. That is via the director. That is via the script. That is via all the stuff. And so it says, it says a lot. And in a way, this is one of the only ways that I'm okay with Constantine not being dead is that he suffers intensely via the women that are left in the next season because he is ultimately on an island by himself. No Carolyn connection. No Villanelle connection. He's out from the 12 and it should be, if we see Constant again, it should be a completely different type of Constantine who definitely goes down if he reappears because there's no way that Constant should be back on the 12's radar and he doesn't die. I agree. I mean, Villanelle watching Constantine have the heart attack and then being given the ticket to her own freedom 
That was the last time she was like, oh, but I don't want you to die. Then that was the last time she had those kind of feelings around Constantine. Because over the phone, she's like, no. Or maybe it was situational. Maybe in that moment where he was her escape. He was, she was like, I really don't want you to die. But what happened at the end of that scene? She was looking sullen. Then she looked up and saw Eve Palastri and she smiled. And she was like, oh, you're back on the chase. Well, I wasn't sure certain things were possible. Now they look possible again. Suddenly, Constantine is no longer the person, the most important person in my life. And yes, he should never, never be that. I just want to say Villanelle jumps, but her face doesn't change. She jumps, she's startled, but nothing about her face emotionally reacts. There's no hesitation when he says help. Right. She's still. So she, right. she's good. She's not going to be helping Daddy K. He's crying. And and this this goes on for about a beat. Everyone's trying to figure out what is going to happen. Is this trigger going to get Eve pulled? tries to get up in a moment. Right. When we pass, she's like, Carolyn, wait. And Villanelle's like, listen, bae, sit here. We need to be safe and watch the show. Carolyn looks like she's very upset. She could shoot more than one person, potentially. Very true. I don't want it to be you. Very true. Right. That That's the energy. And that was cute because she was grabbing onto Eve Style. Like, girl, don't move. Like, what you doing? Like, Stay here next to me. Like, that is God in this room right now. Okay? Just just <laughs> let, let, let her let her be, be done. Let her right. work. All right? And right now, it's not concentrated at us. So that's that's good. And let's just sit over here. And it's again, this happens for a beat. We hear more whimpering. And then all of a sudden, her trained arm. Just gently veers, and then she pulls the trigger, and Paul's out like a light. Out like a light. He's out. Paul's out, and Paul's dead. It was anticlimactic. Whew. It was. It was mostly because Constance's alive, but also mostly because Paul doesn't matter. Like I always figured Paul would be out the paint one way or the other, but we don't have any emotional attachment to Paul. And right. so while it was a death, it was just kind of like, okay. Like, I get it. I get it. I oh, guess. my God. We had more of an emotional attachment to Aaron Peel and wanting to see him die because he had more lines and more stuff and more ways to annoy us with, like, Villanelle, I want to watch you eat. That Villanelle, wear these clothes. Villanelle, sit down. Villanelle, take that belt off. And so we were happy to see him go because he was such a dick. Paul, outside of him implying his nastiness in the first episode where he was touching up on Carolyn and being a, a sexist dick, they didn't give us much to work with as far right. as Paul was concerned, which is, eh. For the 12, it leaves me wanting. It leaves me unimpressed and uninspired. I'm sorry, I have to say. 